Welcome back to First Focus, a podcast of First Presbyterian Church of Columbia, purpose to update the church with current news and events that are happening within the ministries of our church. I'm your host, Troy Cash, and today I'm privileged to have two folks who know exactly what it means to have both hands to the plow. I'm speaking of Reverend David Lawton and our congregational nurse, Barbara Diller. David, Barbara, I'm so glad to have you both here. Thank you for joining me at the table today. Hello, Troy. It's great to be here with you. Uh, It's fun to be together. It's nice to have Barbara, our congregational nurse, with us as well. I'm excited. Barbara, how are you this morning? Doing great. Thanks for having us. Absolutely. Well, so our topic today is congregational care. And in addition to talking about care as a topic, so to speak, so for example, our scriptural model for care and what it actually means to care for the body and to create ways for members of the body to care for one another. We also have the privilege to give updates on how we're practicing that here at First Press. And uh, one of those ways that actually oftentimes flies under the radar, so to speak, is the process of actually coming into the membership of a church. And our process for that here includes a class called the Inquirer's Class. Uh, And so, Pastor Lawton, you actually just so happened to teach this class. So would you mind to share with us first uh, what the Inquirer's Class is and how we actually seek to care for members at the very beginning of their joining our church family? Uh, Absolutely. Thanks, Troy. Uh, If you think about it, care as it should be takes place when people first become part of the family and explore their role, their sense of call to become part of that church body and Mm -hmm. family. And Mm -hmm. so Inquirer's class is a place where people can learn more about the church, Mm -hmm. where there's an opportunity for us as a a church family and leadership to explain what is important to us as a church, what is distinct, what is part of our DNA and culture as God's people here at First Presbyterian Church of Columbia. Mm -hmm. And so we go through some of what's important to us, what it is that we believe, and it's really a wonderful time. Yeah, yeah. So some of the uh, things that are covered in the Inquirer's class are our statements of faith. Is that correct? We, we go over uh, the, the fundamentals of what we believe here at, at First Press. We do. We begin with the gospel, which is the fundamental right. requirement of, of being part of, admitted to our family uh, and membership in our church is sure. affirming the Lord Jesus as our only Savior and Lord. And then go from there to talk about the authority and role of Scripture yeah. as a, a guide, uh, as the rule for faith and practice. And then what is it that we believe in terms of theology? Yeah. Talk a bit about Reformed theology, about the church itself, and what does it mean to be part of that family? Yeah. And how have you seen it over the years in the Inquirer's class, which right now I think we have a class that's, you know, getting ready to have their interviews and come under the membership of almost 60. Is that right? A little over 60, uh, though, you know, our ultimate concern is not so much with numbers, but right. we are sure. thankful for that group as well as other classes that have been smaller. Yeah. Uh, they are getting ready to have interviews with elders. Yeah. We are an elder-run, elder-led church in which elders are the ones that receive the members when the elders come together as a group. It's called a session. Mm-hmm. The session meets monthly, and the session will meet and receive 
these new members. Sure. And then they'll be introduced later to the whole church family. Yeah. And so, yeah, the reason I bring that number up really is just to brag on God's faithfulness to us. I mean, we come out of a season of uh, tough ministry and uh, the the classes are just large unexpectedly. He, He is so faithful and kind and we really rejoice and give him our praise and our thanks. Yeah. And the last thing uh, about the inquirers class, you mentioned that they've got interviews coming up with the elders. It's a great opportunity for them to get involved with uh, some of the shepherds and leaders of the church. How do you see that affecting the the care for those members? Absolutely. Uh, it really begins with uh, that support and interest and care of elders. Uh, our new members each have an elder that will kind of be checking in with them. And our the way we're doing it is one of the elders that are involved in that interview process is that elder that engages with them and checks on them yeah. in their early time of membership in our church family. And part of our desire is that we desire people not to become members just to sit in our lovely pews and enjoy worship in our marvelous sanctuary, taking in great music, yeah. our desire ultimately is to equip, to train, to mobilize God's people sure. into the work to which he's called us with the gifts that he has given him. Yeah, absolutely. And so that's a good segue for our next section. We actually have uh, what we call care teams at First Pres. And so before we get to talk about care teams, I want to talk about a scripture that I think gives some sort of uh, bones to the idea of our care teams, and it's First uh, Peter 4, 8 through 10. He says, above all, keep loving one another earnestly since love covers a multitude of sins. Show hospitality to one another without grumbling. As each has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. And so our unique way of pairing gifts of members of the body with needs of other members is our use of care teams, which you, Barbara, uh, actually have a, a large hand in coordinating those teams. So would you mind to explain just a little bit of the uh, basis of what exactly are care teams and um, how is it that you see them serving one another as the body? Care teams and care ministry. I think the word teams kind of scares people sometimes that <laughs> it's going to be a large time commitment and I don't know if I can do this. So um, there are care teams, but there's also care ministry that are small ways, short time commitments to just help somebody in need. Yeah. Um, what we do is care for one another. Mm-hmm. Um, people who are having surgery or people that need visits. Sometimes there's elderly people that can't do what they used to do that need some help around the house. You know, even changing a light bulb. Mm-hmm. We have a lot of dear members who just desire to help people. They don't know how to get plugged in. Yeah. But this is a great way for them to call me and let me know what their gifts are. And I know some needs, some needs come to me and we're able to connect people that can fulfill um, that need for someone else. We have a huge uh, meal ministry that takes care of people after surgery and people having babies or people in bereavement. Mm. If you love to cook, that's a great way mm-hmm. to care for others. It's a it's a true blessing for those who cook and for those who receive mm-hmm. the meals. I mean, if you have a gift of 
if you can hold a screwdriver or if you can plumb, right. um, if you can cook, if you can go visit and just give somebody a cheerful face 10 minutes of your yeah. time, yeah. I'd love to talk to it. Yeah. anybody and, who wants to be a part of that. Well, and, and oftentimes I think that we discount ourselves, or at least how the Lord's worked in our lives, as those things as gifts, turning a screw and things that may seem menial to us, but really would mean a lot to someone else who has a need. Yes. So I thought it was interesting. You talked about a lot of uh, different ways from maintenance or from uh, bereavement care or hospital visitation or even transportation. So how are the ways that we actually pair those who are able to meet those needs with those who have the needs? Yes. If anybody wants to serve in any way, they can call me and I'll see if there's a, you know, it may not be this week, it may be in two months, but I will keep their name. And if a lot of times, I think when we talk about care teams, I get people in the church that say, oh, I didn't know that somebody could help me with that. Yeah. And then so people will call. So that's that's just a, a great way. We are having a care team training class in February. Yeah. We we were going to have it in September, but with COVID, we decided to postpone once again. So February the 4th will be um, an opportunity for care team training. Great. Which um, it's it's about three hours, but it's not a real intense. It's a lot of fellowship, actually, mm-hmm. and learning together, realizing that you don't you don't have to be on for, you know, 10 hours a week. It, right. It's, it's, it, sh- it helps you with boundaries, and it helps you to know how to serve. And if you don't feel quite confident, it kind of bolsters that confidence and being willing to, just to go out and meet somebody that you haven't met and right. serve them. Yeah, because the health of the body as a whole, we don't want to – care for others at the expense of those who are caring. We want to seek to care for those and really mutually be built up in faith through that that care. So using those gifts and and not in an overwhelming way. That's great. And you, you have two of those meetings a year, right? They're biannually, the care team trainings? At least once a year. And then there's little mini, yeah. mini sessions that I can meet with people. Yeah. Lately, we've had uh, video training. Is that right? Right. Because of COVID and just well, we're, circumstances. We're working on that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, to be able to produce it so that people can, maybe if they can't come to the class, they can watch it through a video. Yeah. That's great. Well, I'd like to switch gears just a little bit as well. Pastor Lawton, I know that you and I have spoken in the past about house to house ministry and uh, how we see that taking place throughout uh, the book of Acts. And I know it has a great impact on your work, specifically through your ministry of visitation. We could do a quick search through the, the letters, the epistles, and scripture and, and find uh, several times visitation to, to sick and to, to shut in and to the widowed. It's commended in the early church. Uh, would you mind to talk just for a moment how, about how some of these passages that you might have in mind have impacted your understanding of the importance of the ministry of visitation and just how essential that is to the life of the body? Absolutely. Uh, That is a great question, and we want Scripture to inform everything we do as the Lord's people. And something that has shapes my own philosophy of ministry is the Apostle Paul himself Mm. talking about the ministry of God's Word, not just in a large public venue, Mm -hmm. but it's that ministry of the relevant truth of God's word in a house to house Mm. situation. And really, if you think about pastoral care, 
it is the ministry of the Word of God mm-hmm. in a very specific situation, different than what's done when the Scripture and Gospel is proclaimed from a pulpit or a Sunday school lectern. Mm-hmm. But it's the same principle of taking the truth, the relevance of the Scriptures, and seeking to express and relate that to someone in their own particular situation in life. Yeah. And, you know, this is something that all of us have the privilege as uh, we're close to the Reformation. Yeah, sure. And one of the principles of the Reformation, particularly near and dear to Martin Luther himself, is that uh, everyone in the Lord Jesus Christ ultimately is a priest, a priest with a small p, right. knowing that Jesus is that great high priest, but right. we each have a ministry. Yeah, as a nation uh, of priests. Yes, yeah, of, of service and love to one another and to the world. And so that's one of the things that is important to me. I think I've mentioned this in a previous podcast, but in our church of about 3,000 members, yeah. it's easy to get lost. Yeah. And it's easy to feel somewhat disconnected. And our desire is really that our church of 3,000 might feel more like a family, a large family of 300. Right, yeah. Uh, but where each person is cared for, and that takes all of us. I mean, the minister's involvement in in visiting sure. and elders and deacons and right. Sunday school teachers, but Sunday school members, yeah, moms and dads, yeah. and all of us, those involved in sports ministry, the women of our church, that we might care for one another well. Mm-hmm. When we find that, you know, when we truly come to know Jesus and His gospel, we're changed, mm-hmm. and our hearts that perhaps were once hard, once they were dead, and then they were alive, maybe they were hard, become softer, right. As we grow in our love for one another, that's expressed in the kinds of ways that Barbara just spoke about, but also in terms of visiting in each other's lives and each other's homes. Now, COVID has kind of thrown a little bit of a a curveball to safely visit in homes, and even this recent uh, Delta variant. However, uh, it is our desire, our resolve, and as numbers come down, we do want to safely visit in uh, careful ways, but uh, this is important yeah. to us. And you know, if there are those that hear this that are that are interested in being involved, or someone is someone listening, thinking, "Hey, you know, I really need someone to come and see me." You know, let let us know. Yeah. We do desire to try to be faithful mm-hmm. with following after our good shepherd who cared for his flock. Mm-hmm. And so are we not to also care for one another? Yeah. Well, the last thing I want to touch on is the ministry that actually undergirds all our efforts. It's uh, the supplication that we actually bring before the Lord in prayer on behalf of the saints. Because we know, as you were saying, when we experience and meet Christ in the scriptures that we're truly changed and we we know that it's truly our good shepherd who ultimately cares for us and uh, through his mercy and grace actually suffered in every way so that we might know his comfort and peace. So really the last point that I want to talk about is is prayer and how it undergirds all of these efforts of care from the ministers and the staff to even our members and I thought we could talk about that in two different ways. One, corporately, 
and two privately. So, Pastor Lawton, would you uh, mind to share just briefly about some of the avenues of corporate prayer that we have in place right now? Prayer is that great uh, privilege that we have. Um, a few months ago, was reading in the book of Revelation, chapter 5, where we're given a description of heaven mm. and of the elders bringing uh, worship, blessing to the Lamb for glory and honor and blessing are his. And then this reference in this passage is the <clears throat> prayers of the saints, mm-hmm. which are like incense in a bowl before the presence of God. And it is a great joy to know that God delights in hearing our prayers, yeah. that our prayers in Jesus's name by and help the help of the Holy Spirit make it all the way to the throne room mm. of God Almighty. Mm. And so it is a high privilege for us to gather together in prayer. Yeah. And while there, there are many different settings for prayer, ladies pray together at circle meetings, men meet in Bible studies, those involved in the foundry pray with and for one another, our officers and their visits are involved in prayer. Uh, but there's also a prayer meeting on Wednesday nights mm-hmm. where we come together as a family to the throne of grace and extol our God and Savior and yeah. cry out to him for our needs yeah. and ask for his presence and his help. It really is a one of the highlights of the week. Yeah, um, And so there is this uh, public gathering and expression of Christian prayers together in the family to our Heavenly Father. Yeah. We also know that uh, the prayer is not to fall completely into that Wednesday corporate category. We're also called to go into our closets and pray. And, um, you know, I think, uh, Barbara, the work that you have over the care teams, I think, put you in a a great position to possibly give us some tangible ways that uh, the folks might go into their closets and be in prayer for one another. Yes, sometimes we know about people's um, valleys that they're going through, and sometimes we don't. But when if you see them on the daily prayer report, you could certainly pray for them. There's there's a lot of fear and uncertainty. There's healing and recovery. Praying for those things and that they would, you know, cling to Christ in in these times. Yeah. There's also really a need for praying for the caregivers. Mm-hmm. They their bodies and their sleep are really taking a toll. So not only the person going through something, but their caregivers need mm. to be lifted up in prayer. But I think another way, because um, we don't list everything on the daily prayer report, right. um, sometimes you may not know, but you could go through the church directory, mm. and the Lord knows every person, but mm-hmm. you could pray through the A's, pray through the B's, pray through the C. You could take your Women of the Church book and pray for Pray for families. Yeah. Um, God knows what each person is going through, and he hears your prayers, and he knows your intent. So, you know, even there are families with special needs members that, you know, they have they have their struggles too. Yeah. And they need to be lifted up yeah. um, with the day in and the day out, um, which is, you know, that's part of why Care Teams is such a, a sweet ministry mm. to support people that are going through a hard time or a low time. So those are ways I would um, suggest for prayer. Absolutely. And if someone does not have the church directory, what's the best way for them to access that to pray through? That is a great question. 
You know, the church directory is kind of an interesting saga of events in that the, <laughs> we had our photos taken, yeah. just a full disclosure, you know, two, two, two and a half years ago, yeah. the company uh, was bought out maybe twice, uh, but we do have, we did get directories for those that had their photos taken, and we're in the process of having these photos and some other appropriate information sure. to be put on the web in a safe way that eventually our membership will have access to Uh, the media committee of the diaconate is working on this. These things always take a little longer than, than one would like, but progress is being made. And hopefully before too long, that will be readily available so that we can see photos of at least the photos we have of members and appropriate information so that we can pray for one another. Yeah, absolutely. Well, that's excellent uh, ways that I, I don't think naturally come to mind, Barbara, for folks to be in prayer for their family, their their covenant family here. And it really links them intimately with the needs that they have. Well, thank you all uh, so much. Of course, it's a delight to have you all laboring here at First Prez, and it's very kind of you to come in and share some of your time at the podcast table today. So thank you for coming in. Thank you, Troy. It's a joy to be here, a joy to be uh, together. Uh, God and His grace, I think, has given us a really good team, Mm. and so it's a lot of fun. Yeah, thanks for having us, Troy. And of course, thanks to everyone who's listening. Our hope is that you'll continue to be built up as the body of Christ until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to mature manhood unto the measure and the stature of the fullness of Christ. Thanks for joining us here on First Focus. If you'd like to stay connected with our show and be made aware of new episodes as they're released, download our app, FPC Cola, on the App Store or Google Play. We hope that you'll join us again next time. I'm Troy Cash, and until then, God bless.